WQHT HD1 New York. This is a special coronavirus edition of Street Soldiers, hosted by Lisa Evers on Hot 97. Good morning, New York City, Tri-State, United States, and everyone joining us around the world via live stream on Hot97.com and our free Hot 97 app. It is Saturday, April 11th, 2020. We made it through another week. Today is Holy Saturday for Christians. This is right now the middle of Passover for Jews, and we're less than two weeks away from the start of Ramadan for Muslims, one of the holiest seasons in the religious calendar. I'm your host, Lisa Evers, and I'm so glad you're joining us for this special two-hour live broadcast from our Hot 97 studios in New York City, the epicenter of the COVID-19 pandemic in the United States, where devastating type of history is unfolding right in front of our eyes and affecting all of us directly. Over and over again from every corner, we hear, we hear the same thing. We have never seen this before. No one alive has. And I know like me, you hope and pray we will never ever again have to go through something like, like this. They're calling it the new normal. It came quickly and without warning, and we have no choice but to try to stay afloat in this fast-moving current. Every aspect of our lives has changed. The way we work, if we're lucky enough to still be working and not among the 16 million unemployed in America, the way we move, now with masks covering our faces, unable to see smiles, walking to the other side of the sidewalk or the street to avoid coming into any kind of contact with another human being. Think of that. Think of what that's doing to our minds. Think of what that's doing to our kids. Wearing gloves, walking and staying six feet or more apart from each other, dreading doing the now risky and more difficult essential chores like grocery shopping and going to the drugstore. Everyone is in need of a hug, but no one is allowed to experience that most basic human expression. We're told it's dangerous. We're imprisoned in our own homes as we try to be part of the solution. We've been losing about 32 lives an hour in New York State the last several days. 32 lives. That's more than 32. Think of all the people 32 individuals have around them the ripple effect of that kind of tragedy it's a staggering number more than 7800 lives are gone here in the state there are nearly 160,000 cases in cases in the United States the number is nearly half a million but keep in mind despite these grim statistics the vast majority of people who get the disease we're told survive and thousands are coming out of the hospital having survived the coronavirus in the midst of this pandemic we learned this week from Mayor de Blasio and from the New York City Department of Health some even d- more disturbing news that African Americans and Latinos are dying from the coronavirus at twice the rate of whites. We're going to get into that in just a moment. There was also disturbing news about MTA workers. 50 MTA workers have died and there are nearly 2,000 coronavirus cases among them. But we thank them for keeping the buses and trains moving so that we can get to work. And so that our hospital workers, especially, and hospital staff, like the cleaning crews, the security guards, the clerical people, that everybody can do their job to try and save lives. Our essential workers on the front lines, store clerks, uh, package delivery people, have become this new wave of cases, and many in their 20s and 30s. The, the deaths are even more traumatic because families cannot say goodbye to their loved ones. Imagine that. Your mother's on her bed in the hospital or in a nursing home or your father or your grandma mother or your grandfather you know what's the end is coming you can't even be there with them to hold their hand because of the physical uh because of the you know we're not allowed to have the physical contact you can't even give them a funeral the funeral homes in new york city 
are just they're they're packed. You can't even get a funeral, and you're not allowed to have a service. You can't have a funeral service. You can't have a mass. You can't have a prayer vigil. Nothing. There are so many unclaimed bodies at the hospitals that New York City has had to open mass graves for coronavirus victims on Heart Island, which is in Long Island Sound near the Bronx, a place where, incidentally, before the coronavirus epic um, epidemic, they were using inmates from Rikers Island to help bury some of the bodies. But Rikers Island inmates, I want to be clear, are not being used to bury the bodies on Heart Heart Island because of the contagion risk. Our doctors, nurses, hospital staff, paramedics, and EMTs, 911 call operators, and the NYPD are enforcing social distancing. They're trying to do their jobs as their own co-workers get sick. Some of them even die. They're working very long hours, and many, like the nurses at Wyckoff Hospital in Brooklyn, one of the most hardest hit in the city, it broke my heart to see that they had to stage a protest on behalf of themselves and their patients because they didn't even have basic protective equipment like real masks and real real gloves. Imagine that. And these are the nurses that are there dealing with with the sick, usually the lowest income and from our communities of color in Brooklyn. They have to fight for that while they fight for their patients' lives. And they're not the only ones doing that. Even some of our Army National Guard who have built the field hospitals and testing sites, they didn't even have masks, not even basic stuff. And these are the people that are on the front line. So how seriously are we really taking this? I think we're taking it very seriously. And that's why I'm telling you all of this. But we have to keep the pressure on and we have to stay the course. For our essential workers, our store, store clerks, our postal workers, FedEx, UPS, local delivery men from our neighborhood delis and restaurants, they're dealing with a new reality. We're going to work can mean getting sick. Instead of be looking forward to having a lot of jobs to make a lot of deliveries because you know, wow, I'm going to make a good payday i'm gonna i'm gonna get a lot of good tips right now now every time they go to drop something off somewhere they wonder how many people in that house are sick what's going on there but we thank you for helping us get through this everyone is feeling it in one way or another uh, from the just being the cabin fever that governor cuomo was talking about the burden of being quarantined in your own home i mean there's only so much you know there's only so much so many videos you can watch you know whatever we're keeping it live here for you 24 7 seven days a week on Hot 97. So when you need a break, when you need to listen to your music, the music is what's been saving me because to, so after some of these press conferences, I feel like, whoa, it's, this is just, this is really, really bad. So then I got to have a blast of music, pop in the Air, AirPods. Um, or turn it, turn it up and, and, and that's it and then get back to it and get back to the fight. It's causing new kinds of stress and we're going to have a special guest coming on later in the show, Dr. Jeff Gardier, to help us talk about that. But Governor Cuomo says this is not the time to let up, that the stay home and social distancing practices are working. If we stick with it, we can flatten that curve and speed up that time that we can once again move freely and our barbershops and nail salons and everything else reopens. I mean, even down to the most nitty gritty thing, you just like, excuse me, <coughs> that's, that's just a dry cough. That's not a, that's not, that's not a coronavirus cough. And it, it just, even down to the most basic things that we do every single day, you, you can't, they shut down one, one car wash in Patterson because they were open and they weren't allowed to be open. So it's just, everyone's feeling a little kind of raggedy the guys with the haircuts and the trims and the and the ladies with the hair and the nails and the whole thing but that's a, the, that's the most minor as long as we're breathing and we're healthy we're doing good 
We could never have imagined a time like this, but we are here and we'll get through it together. That's why we're here on the special two hour live episode of Street Soldiers. I'm going to open up the phone lines, uh, 1-800-223-9797. That's 1-800-223-9797. Joining me once again in studio is Dr. Emmanuel Manny Fambu. Uh, Dr. Manny is a medical doctor with an MBA, a surgeon, and the best selling author of the book, The Future of Healthcare and other books. Um, Dr. Manny, we heard a little bit of news that we may be in the middle of the worst of it right now. How do you look at this? I, I think um, it, it's definitely very encouraging um, that we are getting to that point where we're actually plateauing, right? Uh, if you look at the readmission rates in, in New York City, for example, those numbers have dropped um, since last week when we started having this conversation, right? So things are getting much better. Um, and it's also very encouraging that people, at least for the most part, are following the rules to actually stay home, right? And we have less uh, people violating these rules. And so that's why we see these results uh, improving. But this death rate, this plateau is at the highest point, which is, you know, which which is like 700, 780, near, nearly 800 people a day dying in the state. Correct. Which is, um, I mean, every life matters, right? So even if we have one person dying from this, it's still discouraging, right? But what happened is we have these predictive models where we look at, you know, how many people would think of tested positive, how many people get sick, and then how many people actually die from this. And so, um, and the biggest challenge we had here was that our health system was being overburdened, right? People were showing up to the hospitals without enough staff and PPE to take care of this protective equipment um, to handle all these patients. So having lower readmission rates means that the health system could have some breathing room. All right, now the um, the mandate has come down. Everybody should wear masks and wear gloves when they're outside or when they're going when they're going anywhere. Basic, basically, but you're concerned about people not using them the right way. Explain that, please. Correct. And, and so, um, first of all, we have to understand why. Um we have to understand that the frontline workers, right? Uh, we should leave those surgical, you know, masks and gloves for them, right? To use to take care of um, of, of the of the people that actually get sick. But also, very interestingly, um, is for us to understand why we are wearing the mask, right? So a lot of times, when we wear the mask, it's not necessarily uh, because it prevents um, someone from coughing on you, but it's actually if you cough and you are sick. It doesn't go on someone else, right? So that's why if you don't have access to, you know, to a surgical mask or medical grade mask, please feel free uh, to make one at home. And then when you're taking it off, though, isn't there a thing where you're not supposed to be touching the mask and then touching the like touching the outside of the mask and then touching your face? Correct. That's uh, something that uh, is very important as well, right? Remember, uh, the mask is just another surface, right? And just like your clothing and everything else. So if you are coughing or you are outside in public, and people might cough or speak around you, and we know this virus actually could live in the air. And so if if you come back, please make sure you get rid of that or you wash it, right? So that's very important as well. And when you touch it, especially the outside um, area of it, uh, do not take it and then put it touch your face with it, your eyes, your mouth, and your nose, right? So make sure you wash your hands. You're on the front lines of this in a lot of different ways, on a lot of different levels. Where do you think we really are, honestly? I, I think uh, we are way uh, protected better now than we were um, a month ago, right? Um, I think everyone is taking this uh, very serious. Um, I mean, the world in general has actually come to a standstill, right? Uh, people are staying home. Um, that's a, a sacrifice that we all have to do. But the more we do this, um, then the better off we are, right? Uh, not long ago, we had uh, spring breakers in Florida celebrating and taking this as a joke. Uh, but today, we know that this affects young people just as the old. And young people die from this just like the old people die from this. So we are taking it more serious. So that's great. Definitely. We have a lot of people that want to get some advice from you. Let's go to Johnny right now. Uh, Johnny, hi. You're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. 
Hi. Uh, it's, it's not gonna, actually, I got to invite for a delivery guy because I, I do DoorDash, whatever. Um, I have a safety way to meet the customers. Instead of you guys going upstairs to ring the doorbell, just call them and tell them there's no contact policy because the fact that we don't know when we deliver when we deliver the food if the customer has it or the delivery guy has it. So the best thing I could do is to meet in the lobby, meet in, in, like outside, they come to the lobby, just make the exchange and just keep it moving. You know, if they get upset, just explain to them, you know, for the safety of you and I, you know, let, you know, let's just meet on the lobby for every, you know, every delivery guy. Because like I said, we don't know who we encounter or who we deliver to if they have anything or if we have anything, you know. It's just safety for both sides, you know. No, a- Someone, a- excellent point. What else, Johnny, real quick? Oh, uh, that, that's about it. For all my delivery guys, just be safe out there, you know, cover your face, keep your pla- you know, keep your gloves on. But like I said, call the customers. Time to come downstairs, stay see that way. So if you're going upstairs, you know, and, you know, let's have a good day. You know, God bless everyone, and let's hope we get through this epidemic. We're going to get through thank this, Johnny. And th- thank you very much. I appreciate it. Th- thank you. Let's go to, uh, Sh- is it Cheryl or Sherelle? Sherelle. Sherelle, hi. Thank you for calling Street Soldiers. You're on the you're on the air with with me, Lisa Evers, and Dr. Manny. Go right ahead. Um, so I'm a phlebotomist for New York City Health and Hospital Jacoby. Um, I've had literally 100% contact with every coronavirus patient that's there. And I can't stress enough to friends, family, it's so important to wash your hands. I mean, even with the mask and the PPE, when you take that stuff off, it's still contaminated. And if you possibly touch your face or you eat your food, you touch your steering wheel, and your hands aren't washed, you're still able to get it, even without all, all that protection. So I've been telling friends and family, please, please, please wash your hands. you got to wash your hands 10 times. If you got to get Clorox wipes and wipe down your bag, your phone, everything needs to be cleaned off before it comes into contact with your body. Like, absolutely do not touch anything and do not eat outside if you do not wash your hands. People are just scared and worried, and I understand, but they just have to make sure they do the proper hand hygiene and just proper etiquette of just making sure they're safe. Like, there's no way, and I have an extremely weak immune system. And I have been able to keep the corona from getting to me. And I believe it's strongly because I'm wearing my proper PPE at work. I have on a headgear. I have on booties. I have on PPEs. I have on a lab coat. I have on a whole thing looking like an astronaut about to take somebody's blood. And as soon as I take all that off, I'm washing my hands and I'm getting, I'm eating, I'm touching my face. But it's a tough time and we're going to get through it. We just all have to work together and listen to the advice. Um, and make sure we're cleaning those masks because even if we keep reusing it, the disease is just staying on it. We have to cut the the, the continuous of infection. So don't keep wearing those gloves for every person that you come in contact with because if you touch someone with bare skin, you're giving them everybody's infections and germs that's on their hands. And now all the junk that's right there. Stuff. All right, Sherelle, th- thank you. Listen, thank you. Thank you so much for the excellent tips and, and thank you for the work you're doing because uh, she's r- really helping so- save pi- uh, people's lives doing what she does. Correct. And we need to keep her healthy, right? Because um, if, if she gets sick, then imagine, um, you know, all the other patients that get sick and they don't have uh, such a service, right? And so thank you for doing the great work. All right. Uh, 1-800-223-9797. 1-800-223-9797. Let's go to uh, Archie right now. Archie, hi, you're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. Good morning. How are you doing? All right. How are you doing? My name, all right. I'm a New York City park worker, and I don't understand the concept that they still haven't shut down the parks for 
I mean, we have to travel to MTA to get to work and then deal with the park. And basically, I feel they're keeping the parks open. It's just for the homeless. So that's making us more exposed to the virus because we have to make sure the bathrooms are stuff clean and whatever. And sometimes, like, they're dispensed, like, two masses, and that's supposed to last us until they come again the next week and deliver two more masses. I've been dealing with this now since the virus first started when we were doing training out in Queens about two months ago. And now it don't blow into a big epidemic. And like a lot of mornings, I get up to go to work and really don't want to go to my wife look at me and say, well, what you doing? You know, it, it bugs me out mentally. All right. Well, Archie, um, I want to thank you for what you're doing. The parks are supposed to be closed. People are not supposed to be in the parks right now, um, according to the mayor. But that's a very difficult thing to do just because of the, the scale, because you can't there's a lot of them don't have fences around them. You can't just sh- shut them out. Um, and shut them down. So thank you for what you're doing in the parks and also the, uh, parks department, the park rangers that they have and the NYPD. They just, they just don't have the manpower right now to, uh, go in there because physically you'd have to have people. There's no way to put up fences that fast or, or anything like that. But Archie, thank you very much for what you're doing, um, in the parks and, uh, we really appreciate it. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk with New York State Assemblyman Michael Blake. He's been on the front lines of this. Um, just his most recent fight. We we began our fight with him uh, for NYCHA, for the NYCHA residents. We'll be back right after this. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. To all the doctors, nurses, and everyone on the front lines. All of us at Hot 97 want to thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Thank, thank you for everything you're doing. Salute a hero you know. Use hashtag salute our heroes and at Hot 97 on Instagram. Welcome back to Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. You know, guys, I want you to know we are here for you at Hot 97, 24-7, around the clock, every day. All of our DJs, all of our air people, starting with Ebro in the morning to my girl, Mia Bell, Team Lisa. Shout out, Team Lisa. Um, Mia Bell at, you know, at midnight on the overnights, all the other DJs. Drewski's even pitching in here again. Uh, you know, the, the world famous party DJ Drewski on Hot 97. He came in to help work the boards for us, uh, just so we can keep it going. So everybody's pitching in here at Hot 97. So we're here for you. So when the news gets too much, you get too bored or whatever, you know what? Throw us on. You're going to hear one of your favorite joints, learn the music that your kids are listening to, or you, you teach it to them, or just yourself, or whatever, and just, you know, get up and dance in the living room. I've, I've had to do that, because it's just, I'm like, okay, I can't, I, you know, a lot of information here, I just got to take a little break, let me get back in that rhythm, and, you know, hip-hop got me through 9-11, and it's helping me get through, uh, get through this, and it's going to help all of us, too, so... um we're here for you. And one of the people who has always been here for us is on the hotline right now, our newsmaker hotline. He is New York State Assemblyman Michael Blake. He's also a congressional candidate. I call him the fighter for the people. He, um, Michael has been working, if you saw my Fox 5 News story or you saw my Instagram and Twitter, he's been working with World Chef Kitchen, which is an international food relief agency that was started by the famous chef Jose Andres in uh, Washington, out of Washington, D.C. They were feeding people that were stranded on the cruise ships. They were feeding, um, now they're feeding thousands of people here in the city because the food pantries, one of the byproducts of the coronavirus uh, quarantine is that these food pantries have been shut down. So the uh, people and the and the feeding, you know, they had meals. Like the seniors would go to the center, they'd get their meals. They can't do that anymore. So Michael devised this program with the World Chef Kitchen to uh, get food out there in a safe way. We're going to talk with them about that. And... Uh, 
Michael, thank you so much for being with us. We really appreciate it. Wait, do we have Lisa, Michael? Always good to talk to you. All right, good to talk with you. And uh, Michael, I, I, mean, I want you to—I want you to meet. I can't say e meet because we're on the on the air, but um, the the uh, doctor who has been with us from the beginning here, Doctor Emmanuel Manny Fambu, um, he's he's with us also in studio. But first of all, thank you, thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for what you did and continue to do for the people of NYCHA. Uh when we first started working with you with Street Soldiers during that horrendous heating and hot water crisis that began in 2018. But tell us what what. What is the situation like now in, in the Bronx in particular for people with food? Well, well first, uh, when you talk about uh, music helping people, obviously, uh, I haven't heard Soho Hot music on the air in a while. I haven't heard, you know, Don't Rush Enough. So I just want to say, give us a little more uh, when that gets, gets rocking. Recently. We need that right now. <laughs> All right. Um, I promise we, I won't we, we DJ. I promise I won't sing. But we do have to have one or two hours, a couple hours a week to uh, break everything down for everybody with the news. So that's what we're doing here. Absolutely. All right. So, so give, us a, give us an idea uh, what's you know, happening in the Bronx. Think about what's happening. Right? You know, look, we, we, we've seen uh, incredible you know, challenges and pain uh, in, in the Bronx. And I think uh, we all have to understand that there was a pandemic of poverty uh, before coronavirus hit us. Uh, and when we're watching and, and learning about uh, the death rate uh, being two times that uh, of the rest of New York City, uh, in the Bronx is three times that of Manhattan. Michael, uh, Michael, let, let, let's let's be real clear. Condition. Right, but let's be clear about that too. It's the the um, African Americans and Latinos are are tw- twice as likely to die from the coronavirus in New York City as whites. Bronx three times as many overall. Correct. Well, overall, I mean, it's not even just. I mean, when you look at the race numbers, it's it's even uh, worse than that because the the numbers that have been released so far, black and Latino deaths, sixty two percent. Uh, what has been happening uh, in the city, despite only being 32% of the population in the state. So uh, it, it's, it, it's, it's hard to really process um, what's been happening of watching black and Latino and, and Asian communities um, die at a rate that they have been and that we're watching. You know, I, I got a phone call yesterday. One of my boys, uh, 46 years old, uh, got, got called on home way too early. Uh, and so, you know, what we're doing on the ground is making sure, first and foremost, people have food. Uh, and, and as you saw when you came up to the Bronx, we were at Davidson Community Center that day in Beachville um, as well. Uh, well Central Kitchen has been a blessing. Uh, we've partnered up with Chef Jose Andres uh, and his team. You know, shout out to him. Shout out to Chef Grace, to, to Sam, to, to my staff and Sabrina and, and, and the restaurants of Beachville, Bronx Draft House, Bricks and Hops, uh, Monhaven Bar and Grill, all the people that have come together. Uh, because, you know, we're giving out you know, more than 16,000 meals in the Bronx alone. We're doing about 25,000 across the city every single day. Uh, and, and you know, no one should wonder if they have a meal to eat. And, exactly. and I know that feeling. I grew up on Creston and Burnside. Uh, and when you're hungry, things change. You know, thing, you know when, when you're hungry, you, you, you do things otherwise you may not do. Uh, but that's just the first step of it. Uh, but now we got to go a step further. What we've been saying is we need for a South Bronx health campus from the governor. We need that approved. We need money to our small businesses, not loans, but grants to the Third Avenue Business Improvement District. We need help right now. Uh, and so, Lisa, what we decided to do is launch a Bronx community relief effort. So if you go to thebronx.org, if you go there right now, thebronx.org, you will see um, there's eight different ways that we want to help people um, in every possible way. 
because we are tired of always being the top of the list of things that are bad. We want to be at the top of the list of everything that's good. No, absolutely. So people can go. So, Michael, people can go to the Bronx dot org, correct? And they can and they can find out Bronx.org. and they can find out more about that South Bronx, uh, the the initiative that you're trying to to build there. And there there have been so much cooperation too. It's like you know, Beats all the other all the other restaurants and and uh, they're doing this out of their their own pockets too. You know, which is it's it's so beautiful how they're helping the people. And Michael, for people who are listening now, and also for you know some of our listeners who still have you know who have family members that are living in the Bronx and maybe want to turn them on to the information, where can people People actually go because these are these are really healthy grab and go meals. This is not like some you know old cheese and crackers little packet. It's like a real nice little little meal, real healthy. Where where can people go for this? So uh, anytime twelve o'clock, you can go to Bistro uh, at one thirty five Alexander Avenue uh, in the South Bronx, um, and and again grab and go uh, hot and cold meals. Uh, you can also go to Bronx Draft House. Uh, 884 Gerard Avenue by by Yankee Stadium. Again, noon, you can, you know, no questions asked, pick up and go. Uh, But also, uh, if you follow us on social media, at WC Kitchen, at WC Kitchen, or follow me, at MR Mike Blake, uh, that's on Twitter, Mike Blake 1922 on Instagram, we post every single day the locations where you can pick up uh, meals. Uh, Lisa, we're now to 61 spots in the Bronx. Uh, wow. We started with six uh, when we started uh, three weeks ago, uh, and, and this has been an incredible blessing. Uh, and this is everything from food at Dream Yard on Washington Avenue, uh, food to the Nitro Development. Shout out to Danny Barber, who has been a, a blessing going to the Nitro Developments with 4,000 meals a day. Uh, shout out to our healthcare heroes that we've been able to help at Lincoln Hospital and Jacoby and Bronx Care. Uh, you know, shout out to Krispy Kreme because now we've been able to surprise first responders. We did another surprise for the transit workers today and for and 48th precinct yesterday. So if you want to see how to get meals and how to get food, again, WC Kitchen or follow me at MR Mike Blake as well as Mike Blake 1922. Lastly, in terms of how to get help, uh, because we know people are looking for small business help. We know we're looking for nonprofit help. You know, the announcement that was just made about schools being closed for the rest of the year. So you tweeted that. I tweeted that as well. You know, there are two text messages that I want everybody take out your phones, text this right now so you can find out what's going on. Number one, text COVID, C-O-V-I-D, to 692-692. Again, text COVID to 692-692. That's number one. The second one, text Blake to 66539. Text Blake to 66539. When you do that, I'll ask for your email, send your email. We're sending out updates on how we can get you help, how we can get you connected, and how do we keep building? Because people are scared, Lisa. Oh, oh Michael, I know, I know they listen. No, I, I know help. exactly, and I know, I know, uh, I know they are. And we're going to be talking with Dr. Jeff in just a minute about this whole mental health piece. But uh, Michael Blake, I want to thank you so very much for for being with us on Street Soldiers for the work that you've done in the community. TheBronx.org. His Instagram is at Mike Blake nineteen twenty two. Michael, thank you so much for being with us. We really appreciate it.
Thank right. you, Lisa. Always. Okay. Thank thank you so much. That's incredible, Manny. That they're doing, Doctor Manny. That they're doing the uh, building that whole initiative for the to look at these health factors, and that's one of the highest risk areas for a lot of diseases too. Correct. And so um, I, I think now we're discussing COVID nineteen, and we could put in you know protective measures in place. But I, uh, as as an assemblyman said, uh, uh, Michael Blake said uh, clearly. That was a pandemic, pandemic of poverty, right? Um, in the Bronx, even before this happened. Now we have a pandemic of, of COVID-19. So I think it's the right time also for us to have a much bigger vision of this, right? If you look at people that die from this, the people that have chronic conditions, right? We talked about this, uh, asthma, right? Diabetes, hypertension, heart failure, right? What are we doing about it in our communities to actually change that behavior, to actually have improved healthcare? There's one thing having short-term solutions to this, but the long-term vision of this, of eating healthier, exercising, that mindset needs to be part of our communities because it's, it's a much bigger approach. We need to have a long-term view and a short-term view as well. Because there, there's this systemic, there's just been this systemic disenfranchisement and lack of access to healthcare. Correct. Right. And even continuing health care. It's like, you know, women don't go. Some w- women are pregnant. They don't go to the doctor till they're five or six months along. Correct. And even the, the kind of food we eat. Right. Uh, we eat a lot more processed foods. Right. There are a lot more fried foods. So we don't think about things like this. But w- when you see something like a virus like this show up and it affects the community, short term solutions of, you know, of let, let's hide at home and not do this. The, the key things that drive health care and that uh, destroy our health is this chronic illnesses, diabetes. The, the largest number of people that have died from this virus infection in New York City are people that had diabetes. So we know diabetes exists in our community, right? And so how, what, do, what are we doing to, to decrease the risk of have people having diabetes? So these things can be, can be a, lot in our, a lot more in our control as well, too. Correct. We have, a cer- we have a certain amount of power. We don't have to wait for the whole system to change. We can change our own behaviors and not be one of those statistics. Correct. It's the mindset, right? We need to be more proactive about healthcare as opposed to be more reactive, right? So in the same way, we don't, you don't want to have you know, the, the infection with, with, with the coronavirus. Then you go to the hospital. Same way, we should look at every other aspect of health. All right. Um, Dr. Manny, we're going to bring in right now one of our original street soldier, been with us through a lot of different crises and uh, supported me, supported street soldiers, supported my career, everything uh, pretty much from day one. I'm talking about the one and only Dr. Jeff Gardier. He's a clinical psychologist, one of the top mental health experts in the United States. He's also an associate professor and course director at Toro College of Osteopathic Medicine. And you've seen him on The Real Housewives of Atlanta. He's the psychologist and the psychologist also. He was uh, on VH1's dad camp. Dr. Jeff, great to have you with us. Uh, thank you, Lisa. Good morning to you. Good morning to your incredible audience, to your staff, and of course to Dr. Manny, giving great information that we need in order to permanently change our lifestyles, especially in our underrepresented uh, minority populations. Um, Dr. Jeff, when you talk about we just learned uh, right before we came on the air, we learned from Mayor de Blasio that he has now decided to that they have to keep the New York City schools closed for the rest of the year. I'm sure there are a lot of parents right now that hearing that information are just going, what and you know, what the heck are we going to do? Yes. And uh, I, I've spoken to many of the parents, but they also are very um socially conscious uh, and want to protect their families. So realize that this may be a deal made with the devil, uh, but it's something that has to happen in order to keep that that curve flat uh, with regard to the COVID-19 infections. 
So I do applaud uh, uh, Mayor de Blasio for doing that. But of course, it's it's not an easy, uh, uh, an easy decision. And it's certainly going to be very difficult on our kids and 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 the parents. Dr. Jeff, in terms of the stresses that that we're seeing right now, because this is, you know, so somebody said it to me, one of the people I was interviewing for Fox 5 News, they, they said, you know, uh, 9-11 was incident specific. There was that immediate, you know, there was the, the immediate, you know, day or two right there. And then after that, there were days and months. And unfortunately, as we've seen uh, to the to the first responders that continue to pass away from the consequences of that. But the the the, the actual incident, the event was specific. And then it was the, you know, recovery and it was dealing with it in the aftermath. This is kind of, this is something like constant 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 like even if you try to forget about it like you're in your even you're in you're in your house and you go oh let me just go out for a walk oh no i'm not supposed to do that it's like you can't escape it so what does that do to us mentally well what we're talking about is a constant stressor and you're absolutely right 9 11 uh we thought we knew who the enemy was Uh, at least we could see the very um you know visible signs of destruction. Uh, We knew um, the people at the time who had, uh, uh, you know, who had died or who may have been missing. Uh, And certainly we know that years later, people continue to suffer from the after effects of that uh, physically and even psychologically. This is a whole different enemy. This is the invisible enemy. This is a situation of a virus um, that has an effect that we haven't dealt with in, in our modern history. And therefore, it's uncharted territory for us. Uh, it comes uh, in waves psychologically. It seems, Lisa, every time uh, that people are settling in, they have this term um, that we call habituation, they're getting used to the situation, then something else happens. Some new information comes out. Uh, things are politicized. Or what has really rocked us psychologically, uh, especially in the New York tri-state area, but across the nation, maybe across the world, is what we always suspected, that people of color, black and brown and others uh, who are uh, underrepresented minorities are disproportionately affected uh, by the COVID-19 uh, situation, uh, which is heartbreaking to us. So this constant stress keeping us in this fight and flight mode of adrenaline and all these other, um, you know, uh, chemicals in our bodies keeping us at this hyper arousal is breaking us down, not just physically, but also emotionally. So we are going to see unprecedented numbers of uh, post-traumatic stress and depression and people who have pre-existing mental health uh, conditions, not just physical conditions, as Dr. Manny uh, has uh, uh, smartly referenced, but also people who have pre-existing psychological conditions. Correct. And Dr. Uh, Jeffrey, going- you know, that, that's a great point, um, you know, to add to that, especially if you look at uh, the minority community, right, between black and Latinos. That community is not necessarily open naturally, right, to talk about their problems in general, especially men, especially black men, right, to talk about how they feel. So people are being very stressed. So how would you advise, uh, you know, as a community, how should we handle this? Right, because a lot of the a lot of the a lot of the parents, especially the men, they're like, I got to be extra strong for everybody. What about that, Dr. Jeff? 
Yeah, exactly. And and two great uh, related questions. Uh, there is still a stigma with regard to mental health, though a lot of that uh, has been erased uh, by our millennials who we like to put down. But they've actually uh, been on the forefront, as you know, uh, Lisa, in talking about the importance of mental wellness. It really is about communication. Uh, you don't necessarily have to see professionals like Dr. Manny uh, or I uh, unless it's something uh, that you cannot resolve by talking to others. But I think we really need to, I know we really need to form um, support systems for one another and talk about what this stress feels like, talk about what the fear feels like, talk about how we've been affected emotionally, what social distancing feels like. It is miraculous what we call the catharsis of getting this stuff out of our brains, off of our backs, off of our souls, and and sharing it with others and learning empowerment strategies and, from others and, too. And Dr. Jeff, we're gonna we're gonna continue to do this. We're gonna put you on hold for a second. We have to take a short break, but let me just let our audience know. I have I have I have two of the most brilliant minds on that we could possibly have on this right now. I've got Dr. Emmanuel Fambu, who we call Dr. Manny for short, um, a medical doctor. We have Dr. Jeff Gardier as a clinical psychologist. So I know there's a lot of people on hold on the phone lines. I really want to. Uh, Dr. Jeff is going to stay with us. Uh, Dr. Manny's with us till noon. Dr. Jeff is going to stay with us uh, for the next half hour or so. So I really want to get these mental health issues out. Are you feeling angry? Are you feeling frustrated? Are you afraid? Are you wondering uh, how you can handle family dynamics? What about relationships that are becoming abusive because everybody's uh, cooped up? What about your own mental attitude? How do you how do you stay positive when everything is so difficult and scary? Give me your questions. We're going to put you on directly, live and direct with Dr. Jeff and with Dr. Manny, 1-800-223-9797. That's 1-800-223-9797. I'm Lisa Evers, your host. This is Hot 97 Street Soldiers in New York City. We'll be right back. Man, thank you. Really appreciate y'all. Appreciate y'all. Shout out to everyone on the front lines and behind the scenes fighting this fight. We want you all to know we appreciate everything you're doing and that your efforts aren't unnoticed. Thank, thank you. Salute a hero you know. Use hashtag salute our heroes and at Hot 97 on Instagram. Hot 97 family doing an amazing job trying to help everybody. Uh, get through this coronavirus crisis. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. This is Street Soldiers, our special two-hour live coronavirus special, uh, bringing you the help and the information and also a place to voice your opinion. I'm joined in studio by Dr. Emmanuel Fambu. We call him Dr. Manny for short. He's a medical doctor with an MBA and uh, best-selling author of the book, The Future of Healthcare and other books. And also on the phone is a long time, he's, he's a street soldier. Dr. Jeff has uh, done so much on the front lines and so many different issues. Um, Dr. Jeff Gardier is a clinical psychologist. He's one of the top mental health experts in the United States, associate professor and course director at the Toro College of Osteopathic Medicine. And you've seen him on The Real Housewives of Atlanta and VH1's Dad Camp as a psychologist trying to help everybody get their act together, basically. So, uh, Dr. Jeff, Dr. Manny, we're taking your calls at 1-800-223-9797. That's 1-800-223-9797. Dr. Jeff, in terms of the, a lot of people are feeling anger, and I, I kind of feel like it, there's this vibe of irritability. And how do people, how do you deal with the anger? Um, it, it's really important that we uh, break out of the denial of the fact that there is a lot of agitation, a lot of irritability. Uh, we feel that there is a lack of leadership 
uh, from, I mean, I don't want to get political here, but, you know, from the highest echelons of federal government, though our state and local governments are certainly uh, uh, filling that void in the best way that uh, they can. But I think it's important for us to realize that because we are so stressed uh, that there is this what I call hyperarousal. Things will get us agitated quicker than they normally oh. would. That's why we see the rise of domestic violence uh, 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 numbers. That's why we see even folks who normally get along in their relationships or in their families uh, that there are flare-ups. And it, it, it's it's normal. Uh, given this unprecedented stress we're under, I think it's important that we be able to talk about it, to take a deep breath, to understand that what we are experiencing, what I call a temporary relationship insanity disorder, where everything is magnified, really calls upon us to just take a very deep breath before we react, um, uh, walk away if we can, meditate if we can, and come back to it with a perception of conflict resolution. How do we solve this thing here and now instead of carrying it over uh, during this COVID-19? All right. I like I like that term, too. Temporary relationship insanity disorder. Okay. I'm going to go to the phone lines. 1-800-223-9797. Every line is blazing. I want to ask everybody out of consideration and the community spirit that we're really in right now to keep your question or comment for Dr. Manny and Dr. Jeff uh, short and to the point, and then uh, we'll see what they what they have to say let's go to glenn right now glenn hi you're on hot 97 with dr jeff and dr manny go right ahead good morning to y'all good morning um, as a front line as a front line worker uh at the hospital dealing with the mortality of the death rate and just watching the bodies just leaving the hospital at such a fast pace when we get home what is something that we can do to keep ourselves motivated to get up the next day to continue to go back to work oh glenn that, that we know wow. we're providing for our family Wow, Glenn. First of all, are you getting enough? Are you getting enough uh, protective equipment while you're doing that? Yes, yes. The protective equipment is is there. It's just you know watching so many bodies. Just every time you turn around, there's three, four magicians outside the building. Oh my god! Constantly to pick up bodies, and you know it becomes overwhelming at times to a point that you wonder who's next or am I possibly next? So, just the point to relieve the mind. What can we possibly? What is something that we can do to relieve the mind? And is there something in process later on for all the frontline workers, some type of program that's going to be there for the mental uh, capacity for us? Okay, Glenn, th- first of all, thank you very, very much for the work that you're doing. And th- this is one of the, this, this is one of the, unmistakable signs of the um, coronavirus pandemic and that is the amount of bodies that are that are uh, being you know that are just at the hospitals that they have to move so Glenn what you're doing is such important work and thank you very much Dr. Jeff what about what he's saying because a lot of people frontline frontline workers like him are seeing uh, you know they're experiencing they're, they're experiencing these kinds of traumas we're getting all right, we're getting Dr. Jeff back up. I think uh, hopefully the fl- phone lines are not blown up. Dr. Mandy, what 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 about Glenn in terms of what he needs to be aware of what with what he's doing physically? And I'll I'll tell you, it's very very tough. It's right? for physicians. You guys go through this too if you lose a patient, but this is like on a mass level. It, it is, and I remember um, actually being like a, a young medical student, um, you know, where every doctor literally spends the first year with a dead body, right, as a cadaver to actually study medicine. That's what you do. 
And one of the things you do is actually realize uh, how frail humanity is, right? And to look at that person. But what makes you strong is realizing that what we all do, whether you're a frontline worker, whether you're a doctor, you're a nurse or a janitor, the whole idea is we are trying to do the best we can to actually protect life and save lives, right? And if not us, then who, right? And so we're doing the best we can. And remember that those people, there are a lot more people that would die that would not be able to help. So it's uh, realizing that what you're doing is very important and necessary, and we have to keep pushing. No, absolutely, and keep them in our prayers. Uh, Dr. Jeff, I'm sorry, we had a little a little phone problem there, but now we don't because we've we got you super locked in here. Drewski just hit the super right. super locked in magic <laughs> button here. Shout out to Drewski <laughs> okay. for uh, d- d- doing double duty here, helping helping us out. Um, Dr. Jeff, did, were you able to hear Glenn's call? He's, I was not able to hear Glenn's okay. call. Okay, he is one. He is one of the workers in the hospital system, as as you know the. We're losing, you know, we're, we're losing in New York City over 20 people an hour. And the, the number of bodies in the hospitals has become so severe that they've had to use body bags. They've had to use uh, refrigeration trucks. They've had to use even like forklifts to lift. It's, it's, it's horrendous. He's one of the people doing this work to help move those bodies to the next spot so that they and deal with the, um, deal with the funeral homes or wherever's, wherever's the next place that they're going and he's constantly dealing with his death and he just w- wonders how he can stay motivated and not get depressed from that. Well, it's important that, uh, uh, first of all, that he be able to debrief. I'm sure he even feels better being able to share this with you and Dr. Manny and the rest of the audience. Um, uh, again, I talked about this uh, informal support group, other people doing that work. And it's important that they be able to congregate somewhere where they can take a breath, where they have 30 minutes or an hour and able to talk. And I, I would hope uh, that the institutions that they're working for are giving them psychological resources to be able to talk about what this feels like, this incredible but extremely dangerous work that they're doing. Uh, and more than anything else, if not, uh, there are many telehealth, uh, telepsychiatry, telepsychology resources that are available on the, on the net. Uh, and so uh, they can absolutely call in, but it's important they talk about in debrief. Same thing with our police officers. Lisa, you and I talked about this so long ago. EMS, first responders, essential workers. You cannot keep this inside. You have to share what this emotional pain is or eventually you will break down yourself. So Dr. Jeff, you would you recommend at this time too? It's like you need to have almost like a buddy system. If you you know you need to have somebody that you can kind of talk to that's maybe going through a similar thing or in a similar line of work and just say, hey, just to let off some steam share and express yourself in kind of a safe environment so you're not bringing it home? Exactly. And even when you do uh, go home, it's important that you not keep it to yourself as our police officers have done with the work they do every single day. And that leads to alcoholism and domestic violence. Be able to share what that's like with your significant other or someone who is a phone buddy or Internet buddy. Uh, That is important. Very important to do. and Craig, and Lisa, this is a very important point. If you look at the suicide rates right, after 9-11, people died from suicides after 9-11 than people that actually died at 9-11. Really? Yes. So, yeah, so the mental absolutely. toll is massive, something that we don't see. It's actually a bigger, invincible enemy that is actually more dangerous. Because, Dr. Jeff, the other thing, too, is you have the other the other thing that's happening is because of the sheer number of people that we're losing in New York City and New York State, it's the... 
everybody knows somebody now. This is like very different from three or four weeks ago. It's like everybody knows somebody now who either has had the coronavirus or has a, has a friend or colleague or coworker or family member who has passed away from it that they can't, you can't, they, they can't say their final goodbyes. They can't have any type of service because, you know, those are banned and those are forbidden right now. So what kind of ripple effect is that going to have on us? Well, I, I think in some ways it's a very positive effect because it really does bring home that this is something that is very real and we have to be very socially conscious uh, and, in fact, continue to, um, uh, with our social distancing and self-quarantining. Uh, I think Dr. Manny might agree with me on this. Uh, in his work with epidemiology, that the reason that we see that there are some states, uh, some areas of the United States where people are still not engaging in social distancing is either because they're very young and feel invincible or they've made it a political issue or uh, more than anything else, they don't know someone uh, who has had COVID-19 or been affected. So it's not real for them. Uh, and therefore, they, um, you know, they, they can be in denial. But yes, we are talking about mass PTSD. We're talking about mass acute stress disorders. And all of us, all of us will have to get some sort of attention with regard to psychological issues after this. And I agree with you 110%, right? And if you look at, across the country, look at places like Florida, look at the rates. The rates are going up. Look at a place like Louisiana. And people are going to Mardi Gras and trying to have a great time still, right? Look at the death rates today in Louisiana, right? If you look right. at like Georgia, right? If you look at Michigan, Illinois. So these places that they were looking at, oh, New Yorkers, you stay in New York. Yes, we have the largest number of people. Um, of course, New York is a crowded city, and we have the largest amount of tests that have been done among people. Yes, so we have a high rate, but we are getting to that point where we're plateauing. But it's not... It's not look. It's not people outside of New York are not immune to this, right? So everyone right. should be careful about this. Otherwise, it keeps spreading. All right, let's take uh, let's take some phone calls. Let's go to Arthur right now. Arthur, hi, you're on Hot ninety seven. Go right ahead. Hey, how you guys doing? Good morning. How Good are you morning. guys? Uh, doing today? Good morning. Thank you for calling in. What's your question or comment? I just wanted to say, uh, you know, it's a hard time right now for all of us. We all got to stay home, be strong, uh, come together to not be together. You know what I mean? Uh, a lot of people I'm seeing my age, though, they're still hanging out. They're still, you know, uh, meeting up, you know, and they're not taking it seriously. But, uh, you know, it's coming. It's near us, it's close to us. And I just want to say, if you can't do the time, you can't do the time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. We know that. All right, Arthur, thank you, know you, th th thank you so much for that. I appreciate that. Um, hey, Lisa, th yes. there's a very clear message that I want to give on that. Okay. And it is for our young people, and I'm just going to say it, to grow the F up. This is a time now where we need to be much more mature in our behavior. Yeah, of course, as we're younger, uh, we have more invincibility uh, in our minds. We've been told this doesn't affect young people, but it does affect young people. And even worse, it affects people with compromised immune systems and older individuals and people who have pre-existing medical conditions. We see that in uh, our black and brown and Latino communities. So we've got to be socially conscious. It may not hurt you as much, but you can spread this and it can kill other people. So forget about your spring breaks and going to the beach and all this other nonsense. Stitch House parties. On down. Exactly. All right, let's go to Nico right now. Nico, hi, you're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. 
Hey guys, thanks hey. Uh, for taking my call. Positive vibes. Oh good. Um, Thank so you for really I had a uh, two-part question. Um I'm living in an apartment uh where with three essential workers. My girlfriend's a uh, nurse. I'm working in medical cannabis and her mother is a uh, packager handler at Amazon. So uh my anxiety is pretty high. Um unfortunately, I was able to get my workplace situation handled where we're now doing curbside service. Um but every day you know, I still have them out in the forces uh, dealing. You know, around, okay, uh, Nico, what's your what's your question or uh, what's your question or comment? Uh, what's what's the easiest way to uh, stay safe? You know, um, I was wondering. You know, is it safe to stay in the same bed? Should I be staying in a separate room? Um, you know, what what advice is out is out there for people who are uh, you know living um, side by side with somebody that's working in a hospital? So it's it's your girlfriend who's a, or your wife that's a nurse, right? Your girlfriend, correct. Okay. All right. Let's see. Let's see what Dr. Manny has to say on that, and then we'll get a quick tip from uh, Dr. Jeff because we're coming up, coming up to the top of the hour. Dr. Jeff, what what about that? This is his girlfriend who he lives with, and she's a nurse, and she's right there on the front lines. What should they be doing? What should that their household routine be? I, I think well, uh, I, yeah, I would say ahead, uh, this oh. is this is a Dr. Manny uh, question uh, because uh, I think a physician <laughs> would be better qualified okay. to answer this. Dr. Manny, what about that? She was looking Thank at you, me Jeff. and she said, Dr. Jeff. That means oh, I said, okay. Yeah, she was looking at me and she said, Dr. Jeff. And I know, it's, I've had very little sleep, Dr. Jeff. It's a seven-day uh, seven day a week situation oh, here. Maybe we had twins. Ever. I guess we had twins. <laughs> no, you're not Lisa. twins. <laughs> so, okay, well, well, answer, and please said. answer Nico's, que- Nico's question here. So he, he's living in a household. Um, he's living in a household with his girlfriend who's a nurse. So what are your concerns about that? He wants to know, can he sleep in the same bed with her? That, yes. Like they usually do. Yeah, I, I think the mindset here is, is is that you should look at every single person as and yourself as someone as possibly a carrier of this, right? Remember, there's no mass testing. So just because you're home and you don't have symptoms doesn't mean you're not a carrier, right? And so... Um, Essential workers need to go to work, right? And so we try to minimize the risk by saying, okay, you could go to work. But definitely could be home, but I'm sure that your girlfriend, uh, you should protect herself just like you protect yourself as well. Uh, because we mentioned the cannabis piece of this, right? And uh, so this is, this is a report that actually studied that came out this week about smoking. I, I don't know how, you, how people consume the cannabis, right? But definitely smoking is not, this is not the right time for you to smoke in general. You know what? I did get that question on Instagram. Correct. Because uh, smoking in general. So the, the debate here is not about the, the medical benefit of cannabis, right? So that's a different conversation. That's a different sh- And we did a show on that. Correct. And so the issue we're talking about here is smoking it, right? If you, if you smoke in general, um, even if you smoke marijuana, you, you know, uh, there's a roche piece, right? And it's sticky uh, and people know what it is. And so if you look at the effect of smoking in general to your lungs, Right, whether you're vaping or smoking a cigarette or smoking marijuana, you have inflammation. Right now is not the right time, right? If you to have, have inflamed lungs, correct, have inflamed lungs. Would you say the same thing about vaping? Same thing, yes. Yeah, exactly. It applies to vaping. It applies to smoking cigarettes, cigars, uh, marijuana. So remember, it's not about the marijuana itself. That's not what the debate. It's not is about. about the marijuana. It's about it, the actual smoke. Smoke. The smoke irritating your lungs. All correct. right, and then and then real quick, in terms of in terms of his girlfriend coming home, you know, from the hospital. That should be that whole kind of like home decon routine, right? Correct. Yes. Make sure, you know, she, um, you know, uh, takes care of her clothes and you want, you want to wash them or put them in a separate uh, location right before you come in contact. As soon as she gets home, make sure you wash your hands. Uh, anyone that leaves the home should, uh, you know, clean your hands and stay safe. All right. We got to take a short break. Um, Dr. Jeff, can you stay with us for a couple more minutes here? Absolutely. All right. Great. Thank you. This is Street Soldiers Hot 97. Lisa Evers. We'll be back right after this. WQHD HD1 New York. This is a special coronavirus edition of Street Soldiers, hosted by Lisa Evers on Hot 97. 
Welcome back. That was a nice short break. Um, this is Street Soldiers, our special coronavirus crisis live two-hour special, taking your telephone calls, especially now while we have Dr. Jeff on the line. Uh, we're really looking for anybody with mental health issues. Please give us a call, 1-800-223-9797. That's 1-800-223-9797. Dr. Jeff Gardier, clinical psychologist and one of the top mental health experts in the United States is with us. He's also an associate professor and course director at Toro College of Osteopathic Medicine. And you've seen him as the psychologist trying to help everybody straighten things out on the Real Housewives of Atlanta and VH1's Dad Camp. And also joining us in studio, Dr. Emmanuel Fambu. Dr. Manny, he's a medical doctor and the best-selling author of The Future of Healthcare and other books. He's also a surgeon. Um, Dr. Jeff, let's take some calls, okay? All right, you got it. All right, here we go. Uh, Cheryl, hi, you're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. Um, I just want to know, I'm diabetic and also have high blood pressure. Is it safe for me to go outside? Okay, let's uh, let's get a Dr. Manny, what about that? Correct. So the issue is not going outside. The issue is being exposed to the virus, right? And so should, should you stay at home and, and, you know, and get depressed and get lonely? Um, probably not. But if you want, I will minimize as much contact as possible. Because you're at a higher risk population, right? Um, and there are many people, so it's not just you. I don't want you to be at home feeling anxious in, in general, right? Um, so there are many people she that still have need to get some movement in. Correct. You have to, of course, get some movement in. Uh, your mind is also very um, a strong thing. So it's not just about the disease itself, right? How you fight it. It's a, it's a mental piece as well. A mental piece. And speaking of that mental piece, Dr. Jeff, in terms of people who, who, who like this uh, caller, they are in one of those high risk groups. How do, they, how do you mentally deal with that? You know, saying, okay, I'm, I'm 10 times more at risk or three times more at risk because of my, and now we're seeing, you know, people think of that because of, because of their race or their ethnicity. Well, Dr. Manny's right. Uh, they need to be uh, practice uh, safety 10 times as much, while at the same time having a balance of being able to go outside uh, to get fresh air. But social distancing, of course, is very important. Um, they can also stay in contact, uh, hopefully, uh, with their provider, with their uh, medical provider, and uh, ask that provider whether they can begin doing exercise if they weren't exercising before. Uh, that's one of the things I don't know whether we've addressed the importance of now during this time of COVID-19 going to bed at a regular uh, bedtime hour, getting rest, waking up at a regular hour, having good, solid um, healthy meals, not overdoing it on the alcohol or drugs, uh, and just as importantly, doing some exercise. Uh, again, get a, a clearance from your medical provider. I have to tell you, Lisa, uh, and then I'll keep quiet. Uh, I'm on, you know, I, I exercise each and every day because I am older. I'm a senior citizen now, uh, but I know that I have to keep my immune system strong. So taking my vitamins and making sure that I stay healthy so I'm not more at risk. And so that especially goes for people who have pre-existing medical conditions. All right. Co correct. Uh, Dr. Jeff, I agree with you a thousand percent. I, I think especially now, right, where people at home, you have some downtime, take care of yourself. Like, take, take some downtime to relax, right? The bills will be there. <laughs> Don't worry about those. They'll always be there. Right? Because let me just keep correct. it, let me just keep it 1,000 here. When you're going through a time like this and you're, you're told to stay home in the liquor stores, the liquor stores, the grocery stores, the, uh, delivery, delivery, you know, takeout places are delivering. There's a tendency to just go, okay, let me just get a bottle and, 
you know, take it home and deal with it like that. It is essential. Alcohol is essential now, right? I mean, I never was a big red wine fan, but I've been drinking red wine <laughs> frequently now myself, right? But I think it's very important to understand that you have to, uh, you know, taking care of yourself by dieting, exercising, having a positive mental health, speaking out, talking to people. It's very important. And, and, and Dr. Jeff, I would like to I'm actually pass a question to you about this idea of like social distancing, right? It is a difficult thing mentally as well. Right? Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, Dr. Jeff, what about it that? It is. Yeah, absolutely. But we can't. Uh, and one of your callers just said that very wise uh, young man. He said we can uh, uh, social distance, uh, but we can still be close and we can stay close through things like social media. Um, Dr. Manny and, and Lisa, uh, I'm one who hates talking on the telephone. I made fun of my wife who was on the phone all the time. Now I find myself on the phone all the time, checking in with people who are more vulnerable, checking in with friends, and it's a way to social distance, but to stay connected to other people because we're social animals. And let me just uh, also finally say that, yes, as far as the alcohol, it can be a stress reducer, but, you know, and Dr. Manny can tell you this too, um, we have to keep in our minds when before we reach for that drink, if we're social drinkers, say COVID-19, therefore don't overdo it. No, not to overdo it. Uh, because it's too easy to say, what the heck, let me have two or three drinks. But now more than ever is the time we practice moderation. All right, we've got some phone calls on this. Let's go to Sam right now. Sam, hi, you're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. All right, how are you doing? All right, how are you? Um, all right. Um, I was just calling for like a comment and a question for the doctor because I'm actually I'm an Amazon worker. Okay. So I'm out on the front lines and everything. And Well, thank you for what like, you're doing. Thank, thank you for what are you, what area are you calling us from? Uh, New Jersey. New Jersey. Okay. What's your question or comment? We got Dr. Manny here, the medical doctor. We got Dr. Jeff, the head doctor. Sure. Um, well, my question was um, for the doctor was basically I'm a, I'm a social drinker, but now since this whole COVID thing has happened, oh yeah, I apologize. Um, no problem. So basically, I'm a social drinker, but since this whole COVID nineteen has happened, it's increased a lot, and it's like you know I can stop it, but then it's like oh you know I got to go back to work, and it's that's just a lot of stress. So it's kind of hard, so it's increasing, like, a lot. And I was right. just basically trying to ask the doctor his advice on that. All right, Dr. <laughs> Jeff. Absolutely. Yeah, so, so you're ahead of the game, uh, Sam, by knowing that, yes, there is a lot of stress. Yes, uh, you are a social drinker and, like many people, might be overdoing it. Um, because alcohol is a stress reducer. But there are other stress reducers out there now. We talked about uh, the importance of exercise and rest, but there's also meditation. There's also breathing. There's also prayer. A lot of your uh, followers, Lisa, are very spiritual people. There is reading. There is music. You know, I realized, Lisa, uh, that for about seven days straight, and Dr. Manny, maybe you can relate to this, I hadn't played any jazz in my home. And then I realized that it was empty and made a conscious effort to play the music that I love, and as well as your music too, Lisa. Okay, come uh, on. Listen, I love, I love hip hop. I can't help it. And, you know, right, especially right, trap. Right. Shout and out. We play hip hop for the kids <laughs> too. Right. And that, that makes us happy. But it releases all of those things, release endorphins feel good hormones, they relax us. So it's not just the alcohol, it's not just the weed or other uh, drugs. There are very natural things, as corny as it sounds, that really do work. Try it. You might like it, just like Mikey. 
Correct, Jeff. Right. Dr. Jeff. And this is beyond just the COVID-19 piece, right? Everything you mentioned is one of, the, if, if we do all those things as a, as a community, we definitely have better healthcare overall going forward, right? So this, I think it's a lifestyle change that we should try to incorporate these kind of things in our life. All Absolutely. Right. Okay, let's, let's take one more, uh, let's take one more telephone call here. Um, let's go to Angel right now. Angel, hi, you're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. Uh, hi, Lisa Everett. Uh, hi, Angel. For doing what you're uh, I'm just curious. I have a six-year-old boy that I raised by myself, and um, I'm in Brooklyn, and his mother is in New Jersey, and I know that he wants to see her, but I've been super protective with everything. I haven't let anyone in my apartment. I haven't been taking him outside. I haven't even been walking my dog. I'm just, like, I have asthma. I have underlying conditions, and I don't want to, like, risk him bringing it back. Like, is it smart to let him see his mother, or should I just continue the way I am and just keep FaceTiming his mother as well? Okay, Angel, let me get an answer. Let me get an answer from the medical side, from Dr. Manny, and then from, from the uh, the mental health side, from Dr. Jeff. Dr. Manny, what about his situation? That, that is, uh, I think a lot of people are going through this situation With right the kids. now. Uh, correct. I've actually heard even stories of, you know, like uh, teenage lovers, boyfriend, girlfriends, right, where... Well, the, the family said, no, your boyfriend cannot visit you and the girlfriend cannot visit you. Like, you stay away <laughs> from each other, right? So those are tough decisions uh, that are being made. So overall, it's not, it's beyond the idea of, you know, if, if, if he visits his mother and he comes back, will he bring something back? It's beyond that. The idea is safety here, right? So, <laughs> right, so the, it's a tough thing, the sacrifice that we all have to do at, at this point, right? So I know it's, it's a tough situation, but I, I think, you know, if you could do FaceTime kind of communications, um, it's probably better off than exposing everyone at risk. All right, Dr. Jeff, what about what about that with his child? He's he's got to do he, obviously he's raising he's the primary caregiver for the child. He's a, um he's her father and you know for the kid and then what does he how does he handle that mentally cuz he's he's doing what's the right thing to do. Correct. For the Absolutely. long term. Absolutely. And I agree with uh, Dr. Manny on that approach, too, uh, that it is about keeping the child connected uh, with his mother uh, by, uh, you know, FaceTime or Skyping or whatever uh, social media platform they can use. It's especially important uh, because that child needs both mom and dad, even though dad has been raising this individual. And I will make one more point, And this is super important uh, for those of us who do have custody of our our children, it will become in this very stressful time. Um, again, that temporary re- relationship insanity disorder trid that I call it. Um, it becomes a time of where we might be vulnerable to engaging in parental alienation, talking about the parent who's not there, not saying nice things about the parent who's not there, oh, yeah. or even acting out or erasing the parent who's not there and saying to the child or the children, you see, I'm the parent who's always been with you, even through COVID-19. Don't do that because the collateral damage will be the mental health of your child. All right. Well, Dr. Jeff, uh, thank you very, very much for being with us and uh, share, sharing your wisdom and your, your clinical advice for helping us really get through this. We really appreciate it. Thank you. And I'll see you guys tomorrow morning. And Dr. Manny, thank you. It's a pleasure and an honor to be with you. Lisa, you are the greatest street soldier of all time. <laughs> the thank originator. <laughs> they are no imitators. They can't eat. <laughs> Try it. Uh, but I'll be seeing you all tomorrow. Yes, you will. Running a little ragged here because <laughs> that Starbucks closing uh, hurt me badly, but I'm trying to maintain. Je- uh, Dr. Jeff, thank you so much for being with us. We really appreciate it. one 800 22
Thank you so much. 1-800-223-9797. Let's go to Henry right now. Henry, hi, you're on Hot 97 with Lisa Evers and Dr. Manny. Go right ahead. Hey, Lisa Evers. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, I just wanted to give a suggestion. I wanted to say, you know, all these diseases live because in a, in a weak immune system. So if everybody just takes black seed oil, ashwagandha, Seema's Bladderac, they'll be high. <laughs> and the same people that are saying that an invisible disease is killing us are the same people that said two planes hit two towers and those towers fell. So, uh, okay, Henry, Henry, we, Henry, I'm, I, Henry, I can't even listen, I'm, Henry. I'm, so, I'm sorry, I can't. When the 9/11 conspiracy theory, I can't deal with that right now because I was there that day. I saw what happened. That was real. So I can't, I can't deal with it. But your point was excellent about the immunity system, Dr. Manny. Are there any ways? I know these scientific studies. One says yes, one says no, one says stop, one says go. Are there the are, what things can people do? Right now, today, you know, as they're shopping, getting getting whatever, what can they do to boost their immune system? What do we know works? Correct. And so um, we know that eating your fruits um, helps boost your immune system. We know that, right? So we know vitamin A, vitamin C, vitamin E. Those things are very useful for you, right? And so you don't need to go pop a thousand pills of vitamins like my mom. Um, she... Um, likes taking a lot of vitamins, right? So she goes from, when you take a vitamin a day, does not mean you take uh, a whole jar of, of vitamins a day, right? So the best way you could get your vitamins is, right, to take it naturally, um, you know, through fruits, eat some some vegetables, um, eat uh, some healthy meats, fish, um, exercise. Uh, that will go a long way um, to, to help uh, protect you, not only against COVID-19, but against everything else and make you live healthier. What about like vitamin C, drinking a lot of water? Correct. Of course. Drinking a lot of water, is, it's very good. Keep yourself hydrated. Um, that's very, very helpful. All right. 1-800-223-9797. Let's go to, uh, let's go to K-Sam. He's been hanging out for long. K-Sam, hi. You're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. Hello, Lisa Everett. Uh, you're so wonderful. I've been, you know, your father over 15 years now. You're, you're wonderful. Well, you're thank you very hero. much. I appreciate yeah, that. You're a real hero for hip-hop, definitely. Like, you've been a big factor in our lives for over a long, long period of time. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, I really appreciate you for the hip-hop uh, culture. You know, this is K-Sam. You know, I've been just going through with a comment on, you know, now as a manager in a music studio, um, we've been we've been definitely training how to do um, social distancing with the artists that come into our business. And, um, you know, been private sessions just where, you know, they'll be recording in the, in the studio room and then, you know, my, my actually factor is the artists are bringing friends and families and bringing groups of people to the music studio and this is terribly terribly the wrong way to, to do interact now in days with this pandemic that's going on okay what's your question for uh for dr manny okay my question now for dr manny is um me as a person what i'm going through now i've uh, gotten i've lost two people in my family with the coronavirus Oh, I'm so sorry. I had a yes, yes. Um, dealing with a lot of right now. Um, I'm just very, very mentally strong. Um, physically, mentally, and you know, they both were lost. They lost their lives in the hospitals. Now, what's funny is I have another two people in the family and friends that had the COVID nineteen, and they have trauma. They don't want to go to the hospital. Oh, they're that's a great point. At home. Yeah, they're dealing with it at home. This is very important for everybody, especially for us, Lisa. I want to bring this up to you. So they're seeing the trauma and the deaths that are happening in, in the, the hospital, hospital and they don't want to go and to the hospital. hospital. Sam, let me get it. Let yeah, me get now a comment. I have two other people in the family that tested positive. They don't want to go to the hospital. They're dealing with it at home. 
Okay, you're and raising... There's nothing Sam, I don't mean to cut you off, but you're raising, you're raising a very important point, a very important question and uh, about the, this, this whole going to the hospital because we just heard a story. I just saw, saw a report this morning. There was a woman who was mugged. At, this is The people that are out robbing people right now, like there was a guy with a golf club that went after an MTA worker. I mean, come on. Robbing a woman, a, a working woman who was going to get cash out of the ATM. She got badly beaten up. They really, The guy really beat her up, took her money. The ambulance came. She didn't want to get in the ambulance, Dr. Mandy, because she was afraid of catching coronavirus. And here she is all bruised and banged up. And she didn't want to, you know, she didn't want to um, go into the hospital because she was afraid of getting sick. What about this impression that people have now? True that there are there's tens of thousands of people that have recovered while they were in the hospital. Correct. Is that right? Correct. And uh the, the the best advice here is I understand the trauma where sometimes people feel like people died because they went to the hospital, right? Right. But in general, is that true or not true? Actually, or they it's usually much better um, if you see a doctor early on in disease than you wait till it's severe before you go to the hospital, right? Same thing with every medical condition. So I would advise that you should go to a doctor as soon as possible, right? To go see someone to to, to start managing your, your disease. Actually, recently I was speaking to a friend of mine that is a physician over in, in, in Florida. And he called me up and he was telling me just yesterday that a lot of African American patients that he actually sees in the hospital, they show up, they show up and they test positive and then they go back home. So by the time they actually show up being admitted, that's the third time they've showed up in the hospital before they get admitted because they don't have space. So people are coming in where they're severely sick and so those people are dying, right? When they come in. Right, they're coming in at the last, at the last thing when they need the help with the breathing machine. Correct. And so, which is already too late, right? The goal is not to end up on a ventilator. The idea is to get, treat your symptoms and get better. And don't forget, no two humans are the same, right? So two people with the same condition in the same hospital does not mean you have different outcomes, right? If someone showed up and the other two family members that unfortunately passed away, if someone had diabetes or hypertension, right? It's a different kind of diabetes. Even if everyone had diabetes, it doesn't mean everyone with diabetes dies when they get COVID-19. Just like it doesn't mean that everybody who's uh, black or Latino is going to get it, is, is going to get it. There's a lot of different factors that play into this. That's one factor that's showing up preliminarily, but there's other things involved with it. Correct. And, and, and to give specific numbers here, just to make things perspective and give some hope here, right? Yes, please. So if you look at some numbers here, um, we mentioned like places like uh, G- Germany, for example, had 92,000 cases, right, as of last week, and they had 1,295 deaths. So if you look at percentages here, the, the fatality rate in Germany is 1.4%, which means 1.4 out of 100 people that actually have the virus actually dies from it, right? That is positive. In the U.S., where we are, that means it's 2.5%, which means 2.5 people, let's say three, three, three out of 100 people that actually test positive with disease actually die. So out of 100 people that have the disease, that, that test positive for COVID-19, about three out of that 100 will die from it. Correct. So even if you test positive, you have over a 95%, a 97% Survival rate. 97.5%. Survival rate. 97%. Even higher, right? right. right. Survival rate. So, so because we, we talk about these numbers, do not be terrified, right? And so this comes in with people terrified of, hey, I'm sick. I go to the hospital. I'm going to die. There are lots and lots of people that are actually surviving. The issue we have when we tell everyone to stay home is not because the virus got extra deadly. It's because we don't want to overwhelm the healthcare system, right? So that's, that's the discussion here. But n- over 90% of people that actually get uh, that positive actually survive they don't die all right so that's important that's important for people to remember and then in terms of the testing i have one more minute right before the break 
Um, just in, in terms of the testing, because we heard this plasma. What is this plasma thing briefly that they're like, what is is there hope for testing? Because we hear a vaccine is like a year away and then they're doing this. There's supposedly in California out of Stanford. There's something where they're doing like a plasma test in 10 minutes and to tell if you have the antibodies or. Do you know anything about that, or like even for the coronavirus test? I mean, correct. So, so you look at look at it this way, right? Um, it, it, the very easy way of looking at it is today the way the test is done is looking specifically for the virus, right? So you basically think about it like you have a picture of Lisa on Instagram, and you say, "Is that Lisa?" Yes, that's Lisa, right? That's what we're looking for, right? That's that's one element. At Lisa Evers official blue check that's verified. Right. At Lisa, <laughs> right? And, <laughs> have and to so, make people laugh. This is such a serious conversation. Go ahead. Correct. And so what we're doing now is the antibody test, which antibodies means. Uh, when your body comes in contact with a virus, your body responds to it and produces uh, like a memory, right? To say, hey, I've been exposed to this before. Right. So that's what we're looking for. Through the like a bad relationship. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like a bad like relationship. I've seen this script before. Okay, go ahead. We understand. I'm just putting in terms that... Those of us who are not scientists like yourself can understand. Go ahead. No, I'm correct. Sorry. So it's like you, you produce these antibodies for it, right? And so right. if you, like something like chickenpox, right? So people get vaccines for it because your body produces antibodies. So next time if your body gets exposed to chickenpox, for example, your, your immune cells can actually fight it off, right? So that's the concept that we have. And so if we could test people and find out people that have been exposed, and so those people might be immune to, to this, like it's like taking a vaccine for, for the flu. If you take a vaccine and then your body's immune, we could say, hey, you are safe. So the idea behind that is if we could do that, then those people that have been exposed before and recovered, those people can go back to work. And then those that have not been exposed, the vaccine would then expose them to have antibodies against it, and they would get back to normal. All right, this is Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. It's Dr. Manny with us in the studio taking your telephone calls at 1-800-223-9797. Keep it locked in here. We've got a special guest calling in at 1130. And... Uh, let your people know, too. They can listen. They don't have to just be in the New York City or the Tri-State. They can listen on the Hot 97 app anywhere in the world and Hot97.com live streaming right now anywhere in the world. I would love to get a call from outside of the United States and see how you guys are doing. So uh, let us know. 1-800-223-9797. We'll be right back. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. To all the doctors, nurses, and everyone on the front lines. All of us at Hot 97 want to thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Thank, thank you for everything you're doing. Salute a hero you Use hashtag salute our heroes and at hot 97 on Instagram. Welcome back to Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. Thank you for joining us for this special two-hour live coronavirus crisis special. Um, I'm joined in studio by Dr. Manuel Fambu. Uh, we call him Dr. Manny. He's a medical doctor, surgeon, and author of the best-selling book, The Future of Healthcare, and many other publications. And also, we're joined on the line right now... Um, by the one and only Dr. Oz. You know him as the host of the nationally syndicated Dr. Oz show. You can see it in New York on Fox 5 and around the country. He's also a cardiothoracic surgeon. He teaches medical stu school students as well and does a ton of charitable work. Dr. Oz, it is great to have you on the show. How are you, Lisa? Thanks for having me on. I'm doing fine. Dr. Oz, could you just help us understand the symptoms? Because we've heard some things, and it seems as if the information we're getting about COVID-19 has been changing. What symptoms should really people be concerned about? So the most common symptoms you're going to get is this uh, feeling of fatigue, like you've even breathlessness. And then you'll sometimes get a fever with that. That's present in the majority of people who know they're sick. Probably a quarter of the people, maybe a lot more, don't even know they've got the virus. Their symptoms are so subtle. Uh, but if you do know you've got those, uh, the illness, those are two, two classic ways you'll figure it out. Uh, a lot of people have intestinal problems, about half the folks. 
Interestingly, I just saw a study from Europe where 85% of people had changes in their taste and their smell, which may be one of the best ways to figure it out in a general population because that way we can screen people. And if, you've, if there's a change in your smell and your taste because they're, they're linked, then maybe that's a clue that you ought to get checked for COVID-19. And we're going to have enough testing kits, I'm hoping, over the next couple of weeks. So especially here in New York, where we're at the epicenter, but also around the country, if you're not certain, you'll find out for sure. Dr. Oz, the, the, this whole issue about testing has been a very a very big one, as you know, and you've talked about it and you've, you've uh, done shows about it and segments about it as well, especially here in New York and especially when we hear for our communities, you know, in the city, the, the the death rate from coronavirus for blacks and Latinos is uh, two times what it is for whites um, who get the di- get the disease. But in terms of testing, uh, what will that help all of the doctors like yourself to be able to do in terms of getting a handle on this? You know, trying to figure out how to manage a pandemic without testing is like trying to fly an airplane blind. I mean, it's conceivable, but it's lucky if it works. And so you're sort of stuck just getting land, you know, grounded. You can't go up. And that's what we did in America. We pulled the emergency brake and shut everything down. Uh, there's two problems with that. The first is it disproportionately hurts uh, people of color, uh, African-Americans, Latinos. And, you know, they oftentimes you are doing jobs where you don't get a paycheck if you don't go to work. And so that that is a major crisis. And we're starting to hear it with increasing instances of depression, abuse, and other um, mental health issues are arising. Now, the second thing is, People uh, don't go to the emergency room as often if their socioeconomic status isn't that good. And oftentimes they're, they're carrying around chronic illnesses. So the number one risk factor for getting hospitalized for coronavirus is hypertension. It's number one. It, 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 you know, it dwarfs everything else. That travels with obviously obesity. So these are issues that predispose people to getting admitted to the hospital, to, to having a longer stay in the hospital, and sometimes uh, dying because of, of COVID-19. So not surprisingly, it's showing itself in particular in the African-American community. We did a show yesterday on this very topic, and a good friend of mine um, who's an ER doc in, in Newark was saying in the very beginning of the pandemic, there weren't African-Americans in the ER. So they, just, they sort of thought, well, maybe African-Americans are spared. And it was the opposite. They've actually been hit harder, as you point out, but they weren't coming early on because they didn't want to get sick. <laughs> they, they couldn't afford to get sick. And they didn't have health care that would allow them to get sick, so they didn't show up in the ER when uh, people could have helped them. And Dr. Oz, in terms of going to the hospital, because we're told, you know, here in New York City, the hospitals are, are, are beyond capacity, um, many of them. When should somebody actually go to the hospital? Because our paramedics are overwhelmed. There's We have 100 to 200 people a day dying, a lot of them from cardiac arrest in their apartments. Um, when should people really go to the hospital? Number one indication is shortness of breath. You just cannot get air into your lungs. And you really need to go urgently to either call your doctor who might be able to get you oxygen, which for many people is enough, uh, or uh, meet them in the emergency room or just go to the emergency room and say, I can't breathe. But I would not go there if I was having a fever because you can treat that with Tylenol or acetaminophen family of medications. I wouldn't go there because I was having intestinal issues because most of the time you can manage those. There's loss of smell, obviously, and I can go to the emergency room. And part of the reason is if your illness is caused by COVID-19, you might get it in the emergency room. Secondly, they're overwhelmed. They want to focus on people who are really sick. They're just going to send you home anyway with the basic advice I'm giving you now. Now, the other little thing I want to throw in there is sometimes you just have a feeling that you're in trouble. And if that's the case, please go talk to somebody. That mean, that there, There's a whole grab bag area that you know your body better than anybody else. And ideally, you have a physician you can just talk to and let them know that you are uh, you think you might have COVID-19. They can get you tested and you'll know for sure. And they can, they can help educate you about how to get quarantined. It's always good to have someone in your corner. 
but the reason you have to urgently go to the ER is a shortness of breath. All right, Dr. Manny. Yes, yes, Dr. Oz. Uh, nice to connect again. We did a show several years ago on uh, heart failure. It's also on your show. I remember Dr. Manny. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Dr. So, Manny's helping us out here. So, you're correct. So, so we had a, a caller that called in uh, right before you called in, and, and the question was they, they had two family members that were actually infected right now with the virus at home and had symptoms, but they were scared to actually go in to the ER, to, to the, the hospital. ER because they had two other mem- family members that died in the hospital. So they're actually staying home with this, with the symptoms. So I think it's very important to get that point back across to go back to the hospital. So what would, what, what would be your advice there, um, Dr. Haas? I appreciate why you're fearful. Uh, you know, we've got a lot of people we've lost uh, just, just exactly what happened. They couldn't breathe. They went to the hospital and despite our best efforts, we, we couldn't save them. And believe me, I mean, I, folks are working as hard as they can. That stated, you don't want to lose anyone else in the family. And one of the biggest risk factors we're finding is to become late because then we don't have all the options. We can't prophylactically do things to prevent you from getting into trouble. And once you're, here's the basic numbers. Of the people who go to the hospital, and that's, you know, minority, 80, a lot of people have no symptoms. 80% of the ones who have symptoms don't have to go to the hospital. Of the ones who go to the hospital, that's 20%, only a quarter of them have to go to the ICU. So the vast majority of the time, if you go to the hospital, they're going to treat you with a little, uh, maybe oxygen, maybe other medications. They'll try to figure out if they can tune anything else up that's going on with you. You may not even have COVID-19, in which case you really should be seen, right? And then, uh, and you, and then you'll be home in a couple of days. If you have to go to the ICU, half those people don't need to have a breathing tube. So you just go in there and you come back out. The Prime, Prime Minister of Great Britain just went in for three days this week and then came out yesterday. Boris so, Johnson, yeah, right. Most people, Boris Johnson. So most people don't have to go get the tube in their throat. And I know you're fearful about that. Even if you get the tube in your throat, uh, at, at least half the people at my hospital are surviving. So the odds are in your favor all along the way, unless we don't see you in time. That creates additional problems. All right, Dr. Oz, as you know, there are many, uh, many theories floating around social media about what caused coronavirus. And one of them that, that people have asked us repeatedly is this 5G, you know, the 5G networks that right. they are making people sick and that that's really what coronavirus is. Could you please weigh in on that? Because you are the one person that everybody will listen to. I, I actually looked into it only because I was hearing about it online. I don't find anything about 5G that would cause these symptoms. I don't understand how it would even work. I'm not even sure where the rumors got started around it. And you may have issues with 5G completely separate from this, but that has nothing to do with this virus and this pandemic. We know what causes this. We know where it started. We know what it's doing to people. This is not a mystery. The, the hard part for us is how do you treat it more effectively and how do we get people to do what's required to make sure that we're super careful and don't get another uh, explosion of the pandemic like we're experiencing here in New York. We can solve those two problems, get this country back on its feet, because uh, people are going stir crazy in my home anyway. Everywhere, uh, Dr. Oz, everywhere. Everywhere, everywhere. So that, that, that's what we ought to focus on. We have enough problems without, without manufacturing new ones. All right, what do we need to do as a country, as a society, as a, especially in our urban communities here? What do we need to keep doing to get this lockdown lifted? Well, the most important thing is to stay six feet away from everyone that you're around. and Or if you happen to get closer to that, make sure it's less than 10 minutes. The virus tends to spread, we believe, just because people are talking to each other. Because when you say words, a little bit of saliva comes in your breath, and it, those aerosolized particles of saliva have virus in them. It's extraordinarily contagious. As a colleague of mine at Columbia, Ian Lipkin, the famous virus hunter, said it is the most contagious virus he's ever seen in his life. And this guy, you know, he was the one who was sent to China to help out early on. So I trust his judgment. 
So if you can avoid being closer than six feet to people and, uh, and spending less than 10 minutes with them when you are, that will be hugely helpful because what's going to end up happening in May is we're going to be screening people more aggressively. And if you test positive, we're going to want you to take a week off and not do anything and make sure you don't affect anybody else. But also, we're going to go after all the people that you did spend more than 10 minutes with closer than six feet away and quarantine them. And you're going to want them to do that because they're going to get sick some of the time and they'll infect lots of people before they realize they're sick. So we have to stop the pandemic down. All right. And then what level does it get to where, you know, doctors like yourself, where you say, okay, this is under control and we can start to allow people to go back to, you know, go back to work or go, well, the schools here in New York City are going to be closed for the rest of the year. But is, is there kind of a benchmark or like a goal line, I should say, where you go, okay, we can start to lessen up on these restrictions? The most important criteria is we have enough room in our hospitals. It, it is Hard to predict how bad the pandemic will get when you let, let loose in the reins, but if you've got enough room in the hospitals, at least you avoid the humanitarian crisis. So if we do those first two things I mentioned earlier, test and isolate people who are infected and then uh, contain the virus by finding people around them, which is what they did in other countries successfully, so we can do it too, then if, as long as we have someone to catch us, if we are off with our calculations, like a hospital that has be- empty beds and ventilators and doctors and nurses, then I think we'll be in reasonable shape and we'll open it up. I don't think New York should be the first place to open. I mean, we are the, the most densely populated city in the country uh, by far. Number two, San Francisco, we're probably twice as much as them. Our hotspots in the city are things like elevators, public bathrooms. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, those are, when you go to an elevator, there's no way to get more than six feet away. And the person who may have been there before you who sneezed or coughed or just spoke loudly and aerosolized saliva with virus in it, when you walk in that elevator, you won't even know it's a problem. You touch the button on the elevator, you're infecting yourself. So these are the kinds of, of realities we deal with in New York. So maybe we don't go first. Maybe we recover from this horrible uh, experience, allow our hospital to take a breath. Uh, fix up what's what's you know what's broken so we can go back to war if we need to and then slowly open up parts of the city and only to the most critical people so we get back up and running but we're not full, fully staffed and a lot of Americans are going to have to learn to work from home and if you're an older American this is especially during the African American community listen people love each other they want to love on each other they want to be around each other that's too bad right now if, if you're over the age of 70 and you've got chronic comorbidities I, I got to tell you I'm praying you don't go out uh, do Others should do the shopping for you, help you out with uh, basic stuff so you don't have to expose yourself because th- th- that's the population that gets into trouble. That's 90% of the hospital admissions. So and we can do better. We can definitely do better. And Dr. Oz, you're putting out a lot of great information on your Instagram because a lot of our listeners are on Instagram, Dr. underscore Oz, O-Z. But let me just, because uh, I know we, um, we're short on time with you, but I just want to ask you, in terms of the, the wearing of the masks and the gloves right now, do people need to wear a mask in their home? Do people need to wear a mask when they're walking down an empty street where there's nobody else around? Do they need to wear it when they're inside a vehicle? What are your thoughts on that? If there's no, if if your your house is free of people who are infected, uh, and everyone's doing the same thing you're doing, which is trying to stay indoors, then there's you don't have to wear a mask. If you're on an empty street or an open lot, there's no one around you, you don't have to wear a mask. But again, if if it's if you're going around a corner and you're going to run into somebody, then why why bother taking the chance? And then uh, the um, the vehicle is a bit more complicated. If you're the only one in the vehicle, then you're fine. But if someone else is in there, you're really taking a chance because all of you are guaranteeing on each other. And here's the big issue. Uh, a lot of this is just your mental health if you have symptoms, because a lot of times the symptoms aren't real. 
but you're worried because you've exposed yourself. So if you haven't exposed yourself, then people don't get nervous when they have a little sore throat, a little tickle in their nose. It's a, what's, a, what, 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 what's really an allergy and wouldn't bother you normally all of a sudden becomes a huge concern. So the more you isolate yourself, the less you worry. That's especially true for older folks. Like my in-laws who are in their 80s, we don't let them come around anybody. No one visits them, especially the grandkids, because the grandkids will be looking healthy but potentially infected. So when they call up and they say, we had a tough night, I'm not sure, but I think I have a cough. I don't worry because they haven't seen anybody in a month. So there's no way they're infected. But if they've been seeing people, I spend the next 24 hours really worried they had COVID-19. Isn't it nice to have that peace of mind that you don't have to worry about the people you care most because you know they're isolated? That's that's what I'm. That's the game I'm playing here. No, absolutely. Well, Dr. Oz, I want to thank you so very much uh, for taking the time to talk with us and, and inform us and enlighten us. You can find uh, Dr. Oz's show on Fox 5 Monday through Friday in the afternoon. And you can also check out, he's got a lot of good videos on his Instagram, Dr. underscore Oz, showing you how to do different things to protect yourselves with a mask, with the gloves, with all sorts of practical tips that can help keep us safe because the more we practice these things, the faster this lockdown will get lifted and the more lives we're going to save. Dr. Oz, we love you and thank you so very much for being with us. Love you too. Take care of yourself. All right, Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you. All right, that 1-800-223-9797. Can I take some calls now, Drewski? Okay. All right, let's go to uh, Stacy right now. Stacy, hi, you're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. Hi, yes, my name is Stacy. I work for MTA. I um, I work in stations, so I clean the stations. I want to know, like, uh, as I'm cleaning, like, people, they cough and sneeze and pass in. I do have a mask, um, but I want to know if it's if it's a safe thing because I have asthma, making sure I don't get, um, you know, any particles in the air that comes my way. Is it safe for the mask that I be wearing, which is like a hospital mask? You mean like the like the blue and white surgical ones? Yes. Okay, let's let's first of all, thank you for what you're doing. My condolences about the colleagues that you've lost and thank you for what you're doing and try to keep these stations clean because I know there's a lot of people you know, a lot of people are depending on the trains. There's fewer trains running. They cut back in service, so they're even more right. uh, they're even more crowded. And let's see what Dr. Manny has to say about that. What What about she's just wear, she's just wearing a a blue mask like like this one? I'm just holding it up in the studio for for him to see. Does that is that enough for her? She's cl- she's cleaning and she's right there on those platforms where people are spitting and you know. Correct. I mean, anything Nasty. is anything is better than nothing. I think I think the ideal uh, in this case probably use the N95 mask because you're right. You're one of the frontline workers. You can get it, yeah. If you, can, if you can get your hands on it, right? And I definitely, I, I think uh, we should definitely find information on where you could get access to this to, to this mask, right, for frontline workers like uh, like yourself. And recently, actually, when we talked about I mean, and the union too, if she's in the transit workers union, they right, should be they helping. Should, they should protect it, right? And I there's an article that came out actually this week that talked about you know uh, janitors and other uh, workers. In the hospital being at the bottom of, of the chain when it comes to actually having access to these gloves and, and masks. yet they're they're in the middle of the most of these surfaces in these contaminated areas Co- correct and same thing we had discussion just last week we have bus drivers calling us right look at the MTA deaths that have taken place just within the last this week. week it's so horrible it's horrible right so you'd be terrified yourself right be, be, being working in a subway station like being on a bus that is scary so so I think uh, you should have the utmost protection this is not a time to take chances. You should definitely have the best equipment that is out there available for you. Let me just ask you real quick, Dr. Manuel, we'll get the phones here. The um, What are you thinking about what Dr. Oz said about the 5G, just to put this issue to rest? 
I'll tell you a couple of things. I have I have uh, you know you know friends and, uh, and and very close colleagues in other parts of the world where they don't even have five G technology. Okay, so so if if you go to like countries like Cameroon or other parts of Africa, right, the small countries where you find uh, you know people having uh, COVID nineteen uh, infections, they don't have five G. Right, but they have like if they have three G. No, correct, and that's that's one. If you look at people that work in the airline industry, for example, that have been affected, American Airlines had multiple uh, you know airline hostesses that have been affected by COVID-19. Uh, if you look around us today, look outside your own window and you see people getting sick from subway bus drivers dying. They're not dying because of COVID-19, uh, because of 5G, right? Right, they're uh, dying from COVID-19. Correct. And so if you, if you see, um, you know, the prime minister of, of, of the UK, uh, of England, right? He's in a hospital right now, right? Because it's not because of, of 5G. I'm sure I definitely... If you, if you have any conspiracy, conspiracy theories out there, I guarantee you that, you know, the, the, the prince of England is not getting sick from this. And the, right, right, Prince Charles is not Christ. getting sick. They're in the cast, he's in the castle Christ. anyway. It, All right, let's, let's go. All right, so that's enough on that. Let's go to, um, let, let's go to Toya right now uh, from Florida. Toya, hi, you're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. Yeah, so uh, my question was um, for as the handmade surgical mask. Um, that people are wearing is it like preventing you know from catching a strand of the corona because i i mean i have heard that you know the virus can live on surfaces for so many hours and by being you know something that that's reusable in regards to the ones that's disposable that's an excellent that's an excellent question toya thank you very much for the call dr manny what about the the ones that we see these videos people making where they take a scarf and they fold it and you put the hair bands on and you make a mask like that, are those effective? They are not ideal, but it's the best case scenario today, right? We have shortage of PPEs, um, so we need to protect ourselves. So the whole idea behind why you need to wear a mask is if you actually have the virus and you cough, it doesn't go on somebody else, right? And if you uh, have the mask on, you probably have less droplets that actually land on surfaces, right? So if you all wear a mask in public, then the surfaces by just naturally will be cleaner, right? Because there's less coughing and less, you know, stuff like liquids going on there, right? Your droplets. So that's, that's, that's one side of it. But if you have the mask on, if you have the surgical mask, um, you know, like the ones you see doctors wear, um, so those should be disposable, right? You should get rid of them after you use them, right? right? Um, these, these can't be washed anyway because they're, I have one of them because they just, uh, they're just like some flimsy like paper stuff. Correct. And we have technology now, um, like places like Boston, for example, where uh, the companies that are looking at this where you can actually defog them, right? And make sure, make sure they're sanitized, then you can reuse them, but it's not washing them. For the cloth ones that people make at home, the, bad, the beauty of that one is the fact that you can actually wash them. So please wash them frequently, right? Even if you have to wash right. it with your hands, wash them frequently. If you don't have to wash it at home. Even just throw it in the sink and like the kitchen sink or the bathroom sink and some Correct. soap and water put, 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 and hang the, it up on the... Correct, just like you wash rack. your hands. Just yeah. you wash your hands. So look at look at those masks just like you look at your hands, right? If you do handshakes, if you put it on, please do not touch it and then go back and touch your face. If you touch it, the mask, please make sure you wash your hands. All right, let's go to Kiva right now. Kiva, hi, you're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. Hey, Kiva. Mm-hmm. Hi. Yes. Um, Thanks for joining us. I'm a mom home with a five-year-old that um, has issues with anxiety, OCD, and depression. So my thing is that when they say wash um, your groceries and things like that, it's driving me crazy. Um, We live in a shelter, and we've been doing packaging of lunch meals and things like that, even hot meals. 
Um, sometimes I feel like there's a need for me to even have to wash the um, packaged meals that they give us, like chips and things like that, cup fruits and things like that. I'm driving myself crazy, but I'm wondering if I'm doing the right thing, trying to stay safe, even with just, just that. All right, Toya, so, you're, so what you're saying is your five-year-old has OCD? No, me. You do. Okay, so you have OCD. And you're washing the packaging of the meals. You're in a homeless shelter. You have the, you're, you're washing the packaging uh, that the food is coming in, correct? Yeah, like chips, um, sandwiches. <laughs> I'm driving myself crazy, but I'm wondering if I'm doing the right thing or can I just relax? Like I have the OCD and anxiety together along with depression. It's like I'm, just doing this so much is like I'm getting to the point where I just want to stop doing everything. I'm trying to wash clothes. Okay, okay look, no, let's just try to get some, let's just try to get some, uh, give you some peace of mind from Dr. Manny here. But in terms of packages, you've been, you've been kind of outspoken about when we get these boxes delivered and we get these bags from the restaurants or the takeout places that those should be either disposed of right away or they should be wiped down. What can you, t- what can you tell Toya here? Well, one is, uh, this is one of those instances where being OCD is not necessarily a bad idea. Right. right. So, so you're doing the right things to, you know, because you, you, you're in an open space where you don't have your own protective environment, which, um, you know, I, I think is very tough, right? Um, I mean, it's easier to say, you know, quarantine yourself, but in this case, how do you quarantine yourself, right? Right. And she might be in like a small apartment, but it's, it's really like just a small room with a little bathroom and kitchenette. Correct. And we have someone else bringing you food and they're just packing. So yes. So I, I, I don't think that, uh, in this particular case that, uh, you should be extra paranoid of yourself. But, but with that being said, please relax, (laughs) right? Because you need your mental uh, state to also be healthy, right? So you said, you mentioned uh, you also suffer from depression. So it's not the right time for you to be stressed extra, right? So just think about it uh, clearly. Like if it comes in, just wipe it down. It's good to do. That's what everyone should be doing. Even even like with a sponge, like with a sponge and some warm water and a little soap on it or something? Correct. An alcohol wipe, probably easier to just do, right? So you don't don't have to wash the bag, like right? So if you have like alcohol wipe, just put uh, soap and water, whatever, to wipe it down. Like on a paper towel or something. Oh, correct. Or if you have a bowl for example, maybe you want to open the bag and just pour the chips and something else, right? So you don't need to worry about the bag Exactly, itself. and hopefully she can get some gloves. All yeah, right, please. Toya, hang in there, okay? The, hang um, in there and stay safe. And stay, you, you, you can't go wrong cleaning too much right now, okay? That's that's the uh, that's the important thing. Let's go to Stacy right now. Stacy, hi, you're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. Hey, Stacy, hi. Thanks for calling in. Hi. You're on the air. Hi, thank you. Thank you for having me. So... I'm calling because I'm in the medical field times two. What I mean by that is I work for New York Presbyterian in Bronxville, and when I'm not there, I am an EMT with Empress. So I'm seeing a lot of things that it's it's horrible. It's a nightmare. While Dr. Oz was saying people are on ventilators and, and for the most part people are going home where I am, they're on ventilators and they're not making it. And, you know, it's, it's frustrating and it's sad to see. And, you know, a lot of people out there aren't taking this seriously. And no, absolutely. It's, 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 you know, how do you convince a city, a state, you know, the importance of staying home? I think, you know, we need to really enforce, what was it? What was the name of the law? Marshall's Law? And just really clean the heck out of this state. 
I think the best way we can solve opinion. this is, is through community. It's, it's through a community effort, right? And earlier today, when we had earlier callers, people would talk about, you know, what are we doing as a community? We are going to fight this together, right? And so I think it's for us to actually police ourselves and police our neighbors and police our friends. No, absolutely. And, and Stacy, thank you very, very much for what you're uh, for for what you're doing. I'm going to get your telephone. I'm going to put you on hold and have an eye get your telephone number, okay? And we'll we'll see if we can help you. But um, in in terms of what she's saying, do you think you know just from you know as, as you go around uh, do, doing your work, do you do you feel people are taking this more seriously now? I do. Well, you just have to look, go around Times Square and look at Times Square, right? And, and it gives you a, a good vis- visual of what is happening in the city. Um, I think if you look at uh, the numbers, um, you know, of, of number of people getting sick and getting admitted in the city, the numbers are going down, um, which means that we actually follow the rules. Are we 100% there? Of course not, right? But I think majority of people understand how serious this is. And those that are not taking it serious need to take it serious. And that's the only way we can get back to the new normal, whatever the new normal is. What is your, what is your guess? Like the mayor says, it's at least May twentieth. The, the schools are closed for the rest of the year, so that's that's a wrap. But in terms of the the rest of us, the rest of the city, the stores, the other all the other stores, that type of thing, he's saying at least May twentieth, which is more than a month away. Correct. What's your What's your take on that? My take is even longer than that. I I I, I think uh, all these numbers. Uh, I think it's. Uh, Every every week, every month, we get a date pushed out a little bit, right? And so I think the right way to, to think about this is we don't know, right? We don't know. The only way we can get back to normal is if we have a vaccine. That's the only way we can get back to normal. In the meantime, for those people that have been infected and they, they've shown that they have some kind of antibody against it and they cannot get sick anymore, those people will return back to work. Those people will be allowed to go back to restaurants. But those people that are not being exposed, unless a vaccine is there, because if we get back to normal, what happens? If we get back, if one person in everybody the city, starts correct, if one person in the city still has is a carrier, and we get back to normal on May twentieth, right, and or June twentieth, even whatever, September twentieth. Let's pick a date, right? You go back in the train, and someone touches, you know, the the, the railway or touches the elevator button, and someone touches it, we'll get back to where we are today. So the idea here is not to rush to get back to normal is to make sure we get back to normal in a smart way. So this is going to be for the long haul. So people need to mentally prepare for that as well. Correct. Yes, that's what I'm saying. So let's not anchor our mind to say, okay, June comes. Any date or whatever, and then, oh, yeah, we can have a great Memorial Day weekend and all those parties can happen and barbecues and everything else. It's We just have to understand mission number one is to get this, is, is to keep breathing. Yes, Lisa, and I think it's also important for everyone to have a new mindset that the world will never be the same again, right? This is a new world. It's a new normal, right? Working from home will become the norm, right? DJing from home will be the norm, right? Um, hosting the shows like this from the home will be the norm, right? It's a completely different world. Right, it is a completely different world, and and a lot of people don't like it, but this is what we have to do. We have to make it work and be there for each other, which is what we're we're doing here for you on Hot 97. I'm Lisa Evers, your host. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, at Lisa Evers. And uh, also, you can check out Dr. Oz Has Tips at Dr. Underscore Oz on Instagram. I want to thank him for being with us today. I also, also want to thank uh, Dr. Jeff Gardier, New York State Assemblyman Michael Blake, World Chef Kitchen. Big shout, shout out to everybody that's doing all of that. And also want to thank uh, the whole crew here at Hot 97, everybody that's been supporting this and really trying to get the word out. We're really trying to make this a, a, a team effort for everybody. So I want to thank my whole crew here on you know, just on deck, on the front lines. Uh, Drewski on the boards, uh, offering to help us out with this, which we really appreciate. Um, Anaya producing. We've got Marilyn on the phones. 
We got tremendous support from the whole digital department. So thank you to the digital department. And thank you to our whole Hot 97 executive team, Pat Walsh, P.O. Farrow, Patricia Robinson, Mike Fox, Victor Giacomelli, and everybody else. And uh, we will be back with you tomorrow morning on uh, Easter Sunday, 7 a.m., kind of your version of church because you can't go to church. So just stay home. You know, if you want to put on a nice outfit and feel better and turn on Hot 97 because uh, Dr. Mandy's back with us tomorrow. So is Dr. Jeff uh, taking your telephone calls. If you want to leave me questions or comments on my Instagram, uh, feel free to do that. And we can kick those off at 7 o'clock right at the top of the show. But thank you very much for joining me. I'm Lisa Evers. Remember, use your mind. It's your best weapon. I hope it's your only weapon. Let's push for peace, love, and health. <laughs>